0: Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, recorded at River Road Studios in Eugene, Oregon. Today's show is brought to you by the ever-popular, always-famous Herbal Nerd Society.
1: (laughs) The Herbal Nerd Society! Yeah, Yeah. it's so great to have something that can support the work that we do, and I, I love getting feedback from people that are in that, and I love being able to share more information, and Herbal world is just changing so fast, too. It seems like it's a race to try to keep up. It sure is. Yeah. It sure is. Happily, the Herbal Nerd Society
2: is so cool. They don't need to worry about keeping up.
1: Mm, no, we help them with that. <laughs> so, so, yeah, thank you very so much for you. supporting our podcasts and the books that we write and the, the website that we have. And um, Herbal Nerd Society is how that happens. Yes. Yes. Yep. So thank you. Thank you very much.
0: And remember, if you want to join the Herbal Nurse Society, it's easy to do. com, and go to the top tab. It says Join the Herbal Nurse Society. So if you're looking to you know support uh, herbalism and herbs and getting information out to everybody, including yourself, mm-hmm. then joining the Herbal Nurse Society is a really great way to do that.
1: We, we appreciate your support. And please remember, we really benefit from the reviews that you write, um, not only for the books, but also for um, our podcast that helps people so that they can learn more about herbs. It's so important. I personally think for people to have a diversity of healing tactics and modalities to access, it makes the world a better place. Indeed.
0: All right. On with the show. Herbal science, like the plants themselves, is constantly evolving in the cannabis industry that's truly an understatement. Today, we're talking with Andy Harpole, owner and operator of Emerald Valley Growers, about the advances in CBD and growing cannabis with good science and good medicine in mind. Now here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe.
1: I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And
2: And welcome welcome to Real Herbalism Herbalism Radio. Radio.
1: Welcome back, Andy. Hi. It's good to be back. So last time we were talking to you and you were just giving us the lowdown and dirty about the cannabis industry. And Mm -hmm. you're part of it. And I think I I would love to hear from you. For people that might be tuning in for the first time, maybe they didn't hear the first show, tell us a little bit about what you're doing.
3: Uh, We are a recreational producer in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, I own and operate a 6,000 square foot indoor grow facility and try to produce the best medicinal cannabis in Oregon. I won't claim that I do, but we uh, try to achieve that.
2: Mm -hmm. But your fans claim that you do.
3: They, We have a lot of fans, mm-hmm. and I love all of them. Mm-hmm. We'll keep doing the best we can to keep producing that.
0: Yeah, nice. the pictures that I've seen on the, was it, hashtag uh, Emerald Valley Growers on Instagram? Yeah. It's pretty impressive.
1: Really? Yeah. Like, okay. what do you mean?
0: Just the pictures of all the, the, the plants that he has, all the buds oh. and all the things. They're like, you, you wouldn't believe that they're the same plant. It's like looking mm-hmm. at 80 different orchids. They're more.
1: all different colors and, and different, different heights. Yeah, it's just crazy.
0: So it's pretty, it's, it's very artistic actually. So if you get a chance, you're on Instagram, Emmer Valley, hashtag Emmer Valley Growers. It's pretty, it's pretty, pretty Yeah, impressive. and you can
3: find a, the main page at EV Growers.
0: Yeah, EV Growers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, I just thought I'd throw it out there because yeah. it's pretty cool. Well,
2: and that's actually bringing up the many, the way the strains all look. So many of them look so different. And, and it's almost like last time you talked about it being almost like, mm-hmm. Multi-cropping because they're each one's different. They all have different needs. They all have different. They
3: so you know. all have different odors, terpenes, <laughs> looks, the way they grow. Yeah. It is like growing a complete garden of different types of vegetables, and every one of them needs different needs, and they want different things, and they react to different things. Right. But they're
1: all the same. They're all, they're all the same genus. And they're all either sativa or indica or Or is there another one? Hybrid. Or a hybrid of the...
3: Which is what the majority of the uh, plants are out there these days because they've crossed them so many times. There's very few Uh, pure sativa mm -hmm. or pure indica. Um, Right. Most of them have got a little bit of each in them. mm
2: Nice. Nice. And you guys have do a lot of scientific testing, and you guys had a revelation
3: not too long ago, right? Uh, We started finding out um, some of our strains had high levels of CBGA in them. So what is CBGA?
1: I know Sue is like dying to get into the molecular (laughs) structure here. We should first find out the the THC and CBD. Can you give a quick description of what that is?
3: So CBD is basically just another cannabinoid that has medicinal purposes thc or thca is also has medicinal purposes but it has the psychoactive chemicals in it Mm -hmm. um, that affect your body in multitudes multiple ways i mean from a head Mm -hmm. high to a body high Um, therefore you got to be 21 to be able to consume it
2: Right, uh-huh. right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, CBD is the one that people typically look for if they're working with children. Yes, and then it's also used a lot for, I think, anti-inflammatory. If I remember right, CBD yeah, among yeah. The others. And
3: yeah, a lot of people Spismatics. in the industry really believe that CBD works better with a little bit of THC in it. Yeah, because they do. The cannabinoids all do work together. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, I've heard that as well that it's best to have a very small percentage perhaps, but a little bit because it changes how quickly the CBD activates and the duration of its effectivity in the body. Yes. So this new one, CBGA Uh CBGA. new letters, new letters.
3: uh, CBGA is the mother of all cannabinoids. The best way to explain it is it works like stem cells in our body. When CBGA decarboxylates it, can form THCA, CBDA, CBCA, and CBG. This works just like stem cells can turn into a heart cell, a muscle cell, a bone cell, or a blood cell. So just like stem cells need more research, CBGs need more research done. But when all, we're all talking about each cannabinoid having different medicinal effects, CBGA technically has them all wrapped up into one.
2: So if you have a strain that's high in CBGA, that means it's got the potential to go in any direction you want it to go when you harvest the bud is that
3: Yeah, we, how we does and that's that... what we're doing is we're harvesting the bud um we haven't been researching it long enough because we just discovered sure. it about 4 or 5 months ago the high levels of CBGA mm-hmm. um but it could have other effects on the body and when it's concentrated it could have more effects but there's a lot of research that's going to have to be done.
0: So, you know, you say you discovered it and you didn't even know. So how did you discover it?
3: So this used to not even exist on the tests um, when we get our test results back. Um, a lot of these strains possibly have this in them already. There are certain things that cause cannabinoids to produce um, higher results in each area of the of the of the the, the cannabinoids uh, depending on how you um, grow them
2: so you would be talking about the same kinds of factors that farmers look at things like food and placement where they are like in the field it would be like oh is it on the north field or the south field is yes. it you know it, did it did I put this cover crop down to feed the ground before it so you know the the whole gamut of stuff. So you Light do so, everything, yeah. yeah temperature,
3: humidity. There's different things that can help form different cannabinoids, right? Um, so like you're... I say we discovered it because we noticed it some higher levels on a test, right? We started doing more R and D research with different plants in our rooms and different strains to see to try to discover why they're producing this and if it was just a fluke in the testing, right? So we did testing it other labs yeah. mm-hmm. we checked other farms that were doing testing at the same labs and mm-hmm. of course r and 30 strains in our building to see yeah. which ones were producing more CBGA nice we nice have three or four that produce high levels of it and I say mm-hmm. high levels you know it's three to four percent that's high for a CBGA mm-hmm. whereas most flour will produce or more most cannabis will produce 003 Wow, zero significant. That different. is
2: yes. a huge, yeah, that is really big.
0: Yeah. So is this common amongst growers, I mean, to have this I, many?
3: Not to my knowledge. Interesting. And um, like I say, it's something that I don't see regularly on testing um, because the wholesale that I work with deals with so many farms. It gives me an idea that they are not seeing it because it's not being seen mm-hmm. on test results.
2: Interesting. And I I mean, I'm not going to ask you what it is, because I know you're still working on even just narrowing down what's affecting it and all of that.
3: We have some ideas of what we believe is increasing the CBGA in these Mm -hmm. certain strains, right? because we used to not see it um, in certain strains. And now we do based on some of the things we're doing in our
2: building and the scientific approach that you take to all growing doing for all of the plants that you're working with i think that's part of how you were able to even recognize this and start to figure out you know you're still i know you're still in the process of trying to figure out what's causing it and so you can't really talk about that yet but i love the fact that you guys are really you document you're meticulous with your documentation on what you're doing
3: documentation as if we we don't do that we can't it's not real research you can't you can't figure out how you got to that from point A to point B right. if you don't do that. So mm-hmm. that way, yeah, when I say we're doing R&D, we're documenting everything from the seed till it's harvested until it's headed to the wholesale to get put on a shelf. Hmm.
1: So Nice. Wow, this is a real the beginning of a huge revolution in this field, just not only with the what we're learning about the plants, but how they synthesize in our body systems and i wonder do you know what this cbga does other than trigger tremendous growth or uh, we're still learning it,
3: it, we're still learning right now mm-hmm. and because you're not seeing a lot of it and there's not enough research in it um it's going to take a while to find out what it actually does mm-hmm. and it's hard to prove what mm-hmm. cannabis does for people in general now mm-hmm. right except for the Results that people see from taking it. Right. So, to pinpoint yeah. this one cannabinoid, um, it's going to take some time to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to achieve that in the hemp currently to mm-hmm. just produce this CBGA.
2: So, tell us again, remind us all hemp, cannabis, marijuana. Both, so, hemp, what and, and is this? Hemp, <laughs> hemp and
3: marijuana are both cannabis, mm-hmm. but one is hemp and one is marijuana. So previously, so, yeah, so, yeah. so the way yeah. that they, so one doesn't produce THC over a certain THCA or THC over a certain content. Therefore, so it's considered hemp.
1: If it's right. lower, if it has lower THC or THCA, and it
3: has to be. Right now, technically, it has to be below 03 percent THC to be considered hemp.
2: 0.3, so a third of a single percent. Yes.
3: It's, it's a really, really
2: tiny amount. It's
3: a very tiny amount. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't mean that plant won't produce that at some point in its life. But oh. when oh. it's harvested. So does
2: when that, it's harvested, harvested, yeah. Does that mean that the hemp seeds that we've been eating for the last, like, 40 years, well before cannabis was legal, would technically have probably had some really minuscule amount of THC in them?
3: Um, if it did, it wouldn't matter if it wasn't. I mean, carboxylated. Have, you would have had it's to, not, if yeah, it's not activated, saying. then it won't matter. And uh, actually and it's old. back whenever they used to grow it, yeah. they used to feed it to the cows, mm-hmm. and which then got into the milk. And they believed back then that it probably had medicinal effects on the people that drank the milk. Mm-hmm. As for the THC, the CBD levels a hundred years ago mm-hmm. were so low that there probably was no THC in it. Ah, or so little that it would it would it wouldn't show up. Would the THC come. has been bred into these plants. The CBD okay. has been bred into them to get it higher. Back in those days it was probably 1 to 3%. Mm-hmm. Now you see numbers as high as 14, 15 and 20% CBD. Wow. Right,
1: right. You're up oh, yeah. for paper. They know. were growing yeah, it for paper. Paper industrial, yeah, textiles. Which,
3: yes. Yeah. Rope. Rope. Rope, just yes. yes. been yep. around forever. Yeah. So, yeah. Unfortunately, they classified, you know, marijuana as, you know, it's cannabis and hemp was cannabis too.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So both of them were considered illegal because right. hemp can still produce THC. Yeah, Small levels, but it still can produce still th- can. THC. Well, yeah. yeah,
1: and of course, I'm sure a lot of people in the background listening to this podcast is that's because it threatened the paper industry and the timber barons. And, and uh. I'm so sure there's a lot of lobbyists. That yeah. Yeah. Calm <laughs> that down for just a second. Yeah. Yeah. There, was, I mean, other, there was other things. There. Yep. Yep. So anyway, cool. back back to the CBGA. So you're just finding that in a in a certain amount. And that, and when did the testing for CBGA start?
3: So it, it all depends on the labs because as these labs have uh, become more educated and sophisticated, mm-hmm. their equipment has been allowing them to find other cannabinoids that they used to not look for because it used to be just THC, THCA, and CBD. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now they're actually looking for these other cannabinoids, and they're giving us a nice a wider spectrum of uh, the cannabinoids on testing. And when they started doing that, most of them just used to say not available. There was none there.
1: Mm. None available. We've learned not as not accurate. Yeah.
3: But yeah, And they just weren't detecting it. They weren't detecting it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah. so as they've improved their um, science and their testing mm-hmm. and they've got better equipment, uh, they're finding these other cannabinoids. Um mm-hmm there's a possibility that they don't exist in a lot of the strains mm-hmm. or in the grows based on the way they're grown. Mm-hmm. I say there's stuff that we're doing that um, we think is increasing that CBGA. Mm-hmm. Um, but we cool. can't prove mm-hmm. it yet based right. on our R&D testing. Mm-hmm. It's very likely that it is though. Right.
2: So have you noticed and i'm not I'm kind of expecting the answers you haven't noticed, but have you noticed a difference in how those strains how people what people report um, about their experience when they've used the strains that are higher in CBGA as opposed to the rest of the strains that you so, grow
3: so we haven't um, one of the other side effects is there a higher THC potency uh, so when it comes to r and d testing it's hard to get information from public as a whole cuz it affects everybody differently yeah. yeah um we do r&d sample testing at our building um so i can i can utilize that with the people that work with me and right. i can see how the effects are it's hard it's hard to tell because the thc overrides the cbga Right. Whenever they use it. Right. Makes so.
2: sense. Yeah. So it also means that if if it were particularly good for a specific type of condition, like anxiety or whatever. Fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia or something, or something mm-hmm. you would have to find someone who has that. Then you would have to test that plus other strains with similarly high levels of THC. And that starts getting into you just need, we need actual...
1: That's what universities need Universities. Be that's not yeah. your yes. job. Yeah. Yes. That's, yeah,
2: that's, that's beyond. Yeah.
3: We're, yeah. we're just kind of discovering these things. Yeah. We need somebody that can spend the time and the education, and the money to find out more information mm-hmm. about this. Yeah. And they're trying to um, as they allow them to.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. On human trials. And human trials. Yes. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, they didn't do testing and they have been doing testing on rats and mice and whatever, but. The as far as the psychoactive effects, then you've you got human trials, and you'll yeah. probably have a lot of people if you're interested in putting together a human trial, volunteer for that. Probably, probably sure yeah, you would. yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you probably don't even have to pay them. <laughs> 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 yeah. Have you been reading up on uh, how it's, this is affecting people with PTSD or? And
3: I have. And like I said, they they would like to say that certain cannabinoids are doing certain things for people. Mm -hmm. Um, Cannabinoids affect everyone differently. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to get a strong baseline for what each one of these will do, including CBGA, because a lot of the CBD, CBGA, CBNs don't affect you um, in a psychoactive way. Mm-hmm. so it's hard to tell mm-hmm. what they're actually doing right yeah. and you yeah, actually just will notice the issues you had are gone not or gone. you're not exp- or i'm sleeping at night hey, it's hey, not yeah. like taking a drug that you know a prescription drug that all of a sudden you know right you can feel the drug and it, okay the pain slowly you feel it go away mm-hmm. right it can affect you in a way that where it just all of a sudden, you don't have the pain anymore. Right. You yeah. don't know when like, it went away, but it's not there anymore.
2: Yeah, yeah. It just sort of comes into your awareness.
3: Well, mm-hmm. Whereas THC, yeah. you're going to yeah. feel it like the. Yeah.
2: Yes. Oh, you'll feel it. Your <laughs> yeah, knees, like your drug. knees
1: might just stop working. Or, <laughs> you know.
2: I should blink.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's so interesting how we've had so much more development in pain. Like before, mm-hmm. it's just the whole thing about pain is just make sure that you don't feel pain at all. Not work on why the pain is there and when i went to college back in the dark ages then it was just (laughs) pain was just because of the nerves nerves and brain and that was it and now we learn that it's far more than that you know there's tendon pain and and yeah it has a lot to do with the with the brain but there's far more than just your nerve endings figuring out how Mm -hmm. that starts the the stuff that happens within tissues and different parts of that the the reason that we know so much more about pain and, and this is so much more helpful is the research that they're doing. And I'm, I'm fascinated to, to see where all of this is going to be leading to.
3: Well Yeah. And the CBGA um, it might be a cannabinoid that takes uh, actual trials of with human trials of people that have certain ailments And running them through months and months of testing with the this cannabinoid Mm -hmm. before they actually yeah, with the placebo Mm -hmm. to actually know what it's doing.
2: Yeah. But the thing I find fascinating about it and kind of thrilling is that if it truly does act like stem cells act in a but it's a plant form, when it starts to interact with the human body, I wonder if what will end up happening is it becomes the cannabinoid that you need. Right, so it for, transforms itself within your body, or you're with the interactions right. with your body, because the cannabinoids are, you know, they're all fitting into cells that we have in our
1: endocannabinoid system. Yeah, endoc- And with that, whatever stem cell <laughs> theory so that you've got there, the notion that it could be used for degenerative diseases, um, osteoarthritis, for example, mm-hmm. just one of the many things that are dental, dental mm-hmm. diseases, the the macular degeneration, all of that mm-hmm. could be a fabulous ally for working with those we've pretty much just had nothing but surgery and then even then it's you know it's luck of the draw oftentimes yeah, yeah.
3: and with the stem cell research they can only do so much research with that because of the lack of the stem cells too. right Yeah. this is something that uh, hopefully they will because they can have access to it yeah um, mm-hmm. they will look at it and try to
1: research it more
3: yeah and i believe yeah. they are
1: yeah, vitos yeah. cells. It's, it's far too attractive for scientists to let that one go. I hope. Yes. I hope so, because <laughs> you'd really so. kind of hit a wall as far as what yeah. what we can do with someone. Just like you said, the, the human stem cells. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm just going to try to, like, pull the parts of my brain back into my head
2: right now. I right know. <laughs> Sue's mind is blown. Yes, mm-hmm. a, yeah.
0: There's some CBD that I might you for that. Yeah, yeah really. Yeah. yeah, good luck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> need a plunger. Well, it seems like yeah. any time that I'm looking at, you know, the news feeds, that stuff that comes up on this, there's, I think it's CBN
1: yeah. for sleep.
0: Oh. It's like the new, yeah. take that for sleep now. That's the thing. What
1: is that? CBN.
0: It's another cannabinoid. It's another
3: cannabinoid, and I've heard mm-hmm. some just recent stories from some people that didn't want to consume a product that had a lot of THC in it mm-hmm. but they wanted some of the effects of this plant mm-hmm. so they did get some CBD and they said they've slept one of the best nights they've slept in the last 15 years mm-hmm. nice. yeah. and so I don't know if that product had a high CBN in it mm-hmm. because I didn't actually see that what he actually purchased but um, they can help with sleep and mm-hmm. other ailments. So, well, as if I said, remember right, isn't
2: right. CBD and CBN are very, very similar molecules, and THA is actually got a not significantly, but a, a significantly different structure. It is, it is different. A it's a different, yeah. cannabinoid completely. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. kind of like the many strains, the cannabinoids themselves can be very different from one another.
3: And the CBGs, the CBDS, the CBNs, those exist in the plant. And mm-hmm. all the yeah. uh, marijuana, cannabis plants, um, throughout the entire cycle. Okay. The THC is formed at the end of the cycle.
2: Which is why everyone's the so big THC. on the bud. Yes. And you got to finish it just right and all and of that. You yeah. did. There's,
3: there's a magic window. Yeah. <laughs> um, to get the highest peak.
1: Are um, people starting yeah. to formulate some of these now that we're knowing a little bit more with other plants?
3: I'm sure they are. I've been looking at that myself. Um, Sometimes I haven't got enough since I just started researching this. Right. um, I have not had enough time to look into the other plants that produce cannabinoids Mm -hmm. and see if they have similar testing results because I don't know if anybody's doing any other testing results. This whole testing has came from this product becoming legalized. Right. And, um, Monitored and tested, yeah. to keep the public safe, and that's where we're discovering mm-hmm. these. Yeah. Whereas a product that doesn't have THC in it may never go under that kind of testing unless somebody does the research right. to connect yeah. the two in some way. Yeah, because yeah, there's sense. other plants out there that produce there a are trichome. Yeah, just like cannabis does. Yeah, it may not have CBD or THC in it.
1: Well, mm-hmm. blending things, I have patients that come in and they say, I'm using cannabis to control whatever, fill in the blank. But I, I found the, one of the problems is my, my anxiety will go up when the THC is really high because I start to believe the things that I imagine. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, in that case, here's another herb that you might want to not smoke it, but add to this as if it's a formula. And I'm, I know I'm not the herbalist, the only herbalist doing that, but there's yeah, a variety yeah. of other... People, they're taking it, for example, if they're if they're chemotherapy and the cannabis is fabulous for keeping them eating so that they don't die of starvation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are other things that that we add to their program herbs to deal with some of the other stuff that cannabis is not controlling or it's it affects them because they're so slight of, of weight or whatever. You know, there's a variety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 I think that the field is as we're learning more about this, that the field is wide open for that kind of blending. And now that people aren't just smoking it all the time, they're taking in edibles, they're taking in tinctures that you say oils. You know, that's another way to add more of these herbs and blends to really uh, recognize the diversity of the patients and the, the issues that they have.
3: And I think you're going to find that a lot more in like the tinctures because mm-hmm. um, yeah. there is it's more typically controlled. It's more controlled, but there's typically other things added into the tinctures that can help mitigate versus your super extracts
1: that yeah. are just
3: plain uh, THC and mm-hmm. CBDs I mean that's, that's yeah. all they are it's right. just a pure extract of the plant so do you
0: grow specific plants or specific strains in your Facility for CBD, high CBD versus not? Do you, do you mean, I mean, I guess I'm getting a little confused. It's like, okay, so you have THC, you have CBD, and I know that some plants are high in one or high in the other, and some plants are together. But, like, do you, are you able to ha- harvest all the product you need from one plant? Or, I mean, do you know what I mean? So,
3: so it really comes down to it's all the same plant, but it's different types of the cannabis plant, different strains. Sure. And then every strain is going to have, you could have thousands of phenos. Um, Whereas if you cross two different strains, you came up, you crossed a male plant with this female plant, you're going to get hundreds of different phenos of that same strain, which could take on um, characteristics of that male plant or characteristics Mm -hmm. of the female plant. Or it could take characteristics of a previous plant that it was crossed with some plants produce high THC some plants produce high CBD Mm -hmm. and to answer the question before do we grow plants just for the high CBD we used to um unfortunately the market controls how we grow at our building um and it didn't the demand was not there the hemp industry has filled that gap um so that we didn't have to focus on it. It's not that we didn't want to, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. the product didn't go anywhere, unfortunately.
0: Do you Um, see the, do you see the market um, changing now that more and more people are finding that the CBD is helpful for them versus. I think the arts
3: opened up, it's opened the market up to a lot more people that don't want to deal with the psychoactive effects of the the THC. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a lot of people that don't want.
0: I have, I, have, I have a friend who's very somewhat semi-conservative and he was like really nervous to go and help. He was going to get something for his wife and uh, he had to go into a shop and he had to register and he had to do this whole thing. And mm-hmm. and I said, well, you know, I, I think you could get some CBD creams in some other places where you didn't have to do that. And he's like, really? Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. Yes. And yeah. there, there is a lot of shops that you can go into at any age right now and mm-hmm. go buy those products.
0: Our, our chiropractor has a whole line of um, salves at different percentages based on, you know, whether you're light activity, medium, or sport. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and as you just go up the scale, so does the price. I mean, with two ounces mm-hmm. of sport CBD um, cream is like 60 bucks. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not cheap. So yeah.
3: there's, a, yeah. there's a good a very large market in CBD. I think there's yeah. a larger market in CBD than there is in yeah, THC.
0: Yeah, and so I guess yeah. I, th- I was thinking, but like you said, the the hemp industry is turning this is doing that.
3: The hemp yeah. industry is where that is the focus is because the the recreational market is it, the demand is not there in the recreational market. Right. People
0: want to get high, not 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 help with their arthritis. <laughs> they do.
3: It's it's just. How they, how this market's evolved back when there was medical dispensaries, mm-hmm. they looked at this product differently. They mm-hmm. were focused more on the medicinal effects. It has become more of a recreational use product yeah. Um, in the last four and a half years. Um, and it's evolved that way. Um, and that's where the market drives what we grow. Unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I understand. And what's fortunate is the hemp market um, is taking over that CBD market so that people have access to it because the access to it was very low.
2: Yeah. I mean, I bought some CBD glycerin extract at the local tea shop.
0: Yes. I mean, you, just, you can buy a <laughs> cup of tea with, with drops of C B D in it. Yes. Or
2: you can CBD. buy the little bottle and drop in. And drop yourself it in yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or ride the tea shop.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so
3: it's more available. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Is there a is there a strong hemp industry in Oregon or is that something so that yeah,
3: the hemp industry is very strong.
0: Um, it's something I never even hear about. Yeah. I mean I didn't know. Yeah, it's bigger than so it was like, people realize it
3: is. Yeah. <laughs> it's growing <laughs> rapidly. Yeah. Um Oregon will probably be the largest hemp producer this year in the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Colorado was,
1: mm-hmm. and it's more um, professional too. It yeah. is. Um,
3: it's not as heavily regulated, so it makes it a lot less expensive. Mm-hmm. Even though it's mm-hmm. still expensive to grow, it's a lot less expensive to grow than cannabis.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I recently went to a women leaders in cannabis. Uh, Gap, I guess one of their their. Uh, it's it's a group of women. And they, they had this nice little restaurant that they kind of cordoned off for themselves. And they did a presentation on working on your resume and, and how to present yourself and even, you know, doing professional photography and doing the whole, like these people had some gloss to them, you mm-hmm. know, not like I was expecting to come and see a bunch of hayseeds, but it was, it was yeah. really, it was really, it was this is business. what we do for a living and, You know, these are the people that we help, and and we want people to trust us. So it was fascinating. Yes. Mm -hmm.
3: Well, and the hemp, um, with the Farm Bill that passed, has allowed it into all states that once they regulate it in every state, um, it will grow across the country. Oregon is ahead of that because they've been growing it here Mm -hmm. for the last four years here, too. And more and more yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 hemp's been growing here for a long time Yeah, yeah. Um, it is uh, there's less information about hemp than there is about cannabis mm-hmm. so there's a lot of this these cannabinoids that are going to be found in hemp yeah. as they cross them and force out the THC from the crossbreeding um, yeah. and they're also going to be kind of creating more cannabinoids yeah um, as they cross and breed these.
1: Creating them or discovering well, them. It's
3: going to be discovering. They're not really creating them. They're discovering them.
2: Uh-huh. Um, it could be creating them. We don't know, actually, since we don't know whether they were there before or how they arrived. I think
3: they're there. Um, it's just a matter of...
2: Figuring out how to recognize them.
3: Yeah, figuring out how to recognize them. Figure out how to increase them in the in the in the, that type of plant or that strain, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. pheno yeah. Um,
2: Okay, so I've got to ask this question, even though it's probably a ridiculous question. Does the smell of the cannabis have any correlation to how much high you're going to get or the effect of the cannabis on your body? Absolutely
3: not. Mm-hmm. So that is uh, in the terpenes that are in the cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, They all have an odor
1: mm-hmm. and that
3: and they all have different odors. And that's all the different terpenes. They're in there and the way they're combined, um, people that are not accustomed to it will relate it to skunk smells. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, you don't have to actually then consume something that smells like diesel fuel if you don't
1: want to. No. <laughs> There's a lot of them that smell like
3: diesel. <laughs> yes. You, you could choose and the A nuns. lot of people are actually attracted to that diesel smell.
1: Uh-huh.
3: I don't know why. Uh,
1: I don't understand it. <laughs> I drive a diesel, <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I think that. One, uh, older people like myself, they noticed the the change in the smell. Before, Mm -hmm. there was more of a a uniform smell. Yeah. So that would be
3: in now that there's hundreds and there's thousands of strains out there. Right. Mm -hmm. Every one of them has a different odor. Whereas back then, there was a lot less strains. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. they stuck with certain ones. People like that really strong, skunky Mm -hmm. smell. Mm-hmm. And that's what musky. Was when, it was musky, like muskier yes. before, and yeah. now
1: you go glue? What is what is that? And you know, it was yeah. like, it's a different kind of thing. Yeah. Strains that
3: smell like blueberries. The strains that smell like oranges. Mm, yeah. Um, so that's how more pleasant. In Oregon, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of fruity terpene type products. Mm-hmm. That so,
2: makes sense. There's a lot of fruity people in there Oregon. <laughs> and that's how we get the mail, ladies yes.
0: and gentlemen. <laughs> When I visited your facility, um, just in the the little warehouse section, not even into the, you know, I've never even seen where you grow, I was just blown away by the smell. And, and I, I, I don't like, smell it at all. Right. And I was like, how yeah. do you work in this environment? <laughs> so that's
3: something I used to, do. when we were first getting into it, we'd go over to somebody's house and we could smell it a quarter mile away. Mm-hmm. Right. If I'm in my building now, I can't smell it.
2: Because <laughs> you've gotten so used my, to it. My nose is... Just locked down.
1: up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <They gave> up. <laughs> if I leave
3: and I'm in very clean, crisp, cold air or something, and mm-hmm. then I come back, I can smell it.
1: Right.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, the only time I really smell it is when we're harvesting. Mm-hmm. And yeah. terpenes are getting broke on the product. Oh yeah. And, and they just you can practice see it through the entire you almost yeah. can't through yeah. the yeah. building. It is extremely strong. Yeah. You haven't spelled that. No. It, it will, I, it will no. knock you over. Yeah. Right. You know, I remember I
0: was in his office for 15 minutes as we were, we were talking about um, something um, for shirts or something. And and I swear to God, when I left your, your, your facility, I got in my car, I'm like, I got the munchies. (laughs) (laughs) The
3: Terpenes got you. Yeah. Because those terpenes do attach to everything. Oh, man.
0: Yeah, they do. I was just just, like, how does he work in that environment? That's just amazing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You get get used to it. I bet coffee roasters
0: don't smell like that. I'm like, wow. (laughs)
1: Oh, that's fascinating. Well, thank you for being with us and for being kind enough to visit us for a second time. Uh, people can check out your first show that we interviewed you on, and that was 182. I'll uh, we'll have to go back in our history a little bit. And Andy, tell us how people can get a hold of you, please.
3: Uh, they can uh, find us on com. Mm-hmm. You can see some of our products on Instagram at ev Growers. And you can look on our website uh, to see where our products are sold at shops.
0: Right, because you can't buy direct from you.
3: Cannot buy direct from us. Mm-hmm. Um, we give it to a wholesaler, Sweet Life Distribution, and they distribute it to the shops. Nice. Well, there you thanks go.
1: again. Yeah. It's, a pleasure. it's nice being here again.
0: As always, herb on it. it. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA, and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast.